This is the Money Seed Podcast, where we discuss all things investing, plain and simple, the way it should be. Please remember, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. Welcome back to the Money Seed Podcast. Today, my guest is Brian Grimes. Brian has an amazing story of how he started out with real estate a few years back and now has grown to quite a large empire in Philadelphia. Brian knows all about real estate, has his own real estate YouTube channel, his own mentorship program, and Brian has found amazing levels of success in real estate. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Brian, before we get into your backstory of how you got into real estate, give us a quick snapshot of where you are right now. How big is your team? How many different properties are you owning slash managing? Where are you right now on the journey? I mean, I've done, uh, you know, over 300 gut jobs on buy and hold rental property. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of selling. I mean, the saying is I've never met a developer who didn't regret selling a property uh, because, you know, they always appreciate and there's more cash flow rents. Heck, rents in Philly just went up on Section 8, 30 to 60 percent uh, on October 1st. So, um, you know, hanging on to these portfolios is really the, the key uh, long term. But how I describe like uh, my construction crew, I mean, at uh, the peak, I would say pre-COVID, maybe 150 in-house guys. Now I kind of keep it uh, a little bit more scattered, but I'll describe it as like on any given Sunday, I can put up the bat signal and, uh, you know, 150 contractors will, will come, you know, running out and uh, banging hammers. So, um, you know, big construction crew. I'm uh, currently probably building through about 18 projects at once right now. Um, some in Philly, some in Baltimore. Um and I just stay busy. You know, I have a, a back office team of virtual assistants that really support the operation. I'm not a one man uh, army, but my team is is really powerful. I always just say, like, you know, Michael Jordan could beat anybody one on one, but he's not going to beat me one on one hundred, um, even if I'm a scrub. So I just have a big team uh, that I train well. And together, we're just, you know, more powerful than your average bear. And Brian, we'll get into just how. You built the team and how anyone can build a team. Well, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get in your first property? I did the FHA house hack. So it's like everybody I talk to who's a developer or real estate investor, that's how you kind of start off. You want to get the biggest multifamily cash flowing property you can. So you do an FHA house hack, uh, maybe a a three unit I was going to live in. This one was a duplex with like a a legal basement unit that I was going to live in and then rent out the two above me. Ended up getting a job out of town in uh, in New York because this deal was in Philly, and um, I never even moved in. I moved straight up to New York. Uh, ended up renting out the whole building. It was cash flowing me about a thousand dollars a month uh, from day one. So I got my you know six seven grand that I put into it back in the first seven months, and it's just like a cash cow. So that was my first uh, deal, and uh, you know number two was another multi. Number three was a cosmetic renovation. And then by number four, five, and six, those are like full gut jobs. And I was just diving in. So a lot of people think that you need a ton of money to get started in real estate. How much money did it take to get in your first first property? My first deal, I, I negotiated a seller's assist on the first deal. And I only put down like 3.5%. So I actually ended up acquiring a duplex for 130,000. I only came out of pocket five grand uh, to get that first deal because of the you know creative financing structuring that I was engaging in at this time. I had studied already for like two years while I saved because I was a brokey and I, I might've made, um, I was working hundred percent commission. I probably made six, 7,000 my first year of working. So I essentially paid 
and gas and tolls to work. Um, so, you know, I didn't have much money to put out. So I just got creative, put down about five grand and I, I got my first deal. Amazing. And so from there on, tell us how quickly did you grow? I always describe, uh, I would say the, the human mind is wired to think linearly. So I always thought my plan was I'm going to buy one property a year, 10 years. I have 10 properties, maybe a thousand dollars a month per property or somewhere between, you know, around that. And I'll be kind of out of the rat race. That was the goal. Year one, I got one. Year two, I got two. Year three, I got eight. Um, year four, I got 26. Year five, I got 80. Um, year six, I got 153. So, so the growth was like exponential. And I think um, as you build up your relationships and the lenders trust you and the contractors trust you, you pay people on time, you do good in this business. And that word kind of spreads around the ecosystem and you can get that exponential growth. One of the things I found quite interesting about your story is that when you acquire property and you rehab it, you don't try to do some minimal, like, you know, just paint the walls or something. You go right down to the studs. Like you do like a gut job. Yeah. Why do you go to such, such lengths to, to rehab a property? Well, it gets easier. So like when you watch HGTV, you watch property brothers, they run in the house, they start talking about what they're going to save and what they're going to keep and what's going to go. And then they open up the wrong wall and the budget gets blown up. And that happens even worse in real life. Uh, you don't when you're just getting started, you don't have the acumen to really understand uh, what a cosmetic job is versus what a full gut is. So you naturally think you're going to save more than you can. Then you can't save it and you blow your budget. And this happens to everybody when you're trying to scale an operation, when you're trying to grow exponentially. You need a, sim a simple system because complex systems, they break at scale. You can't scale them because there's too many uh, attack points and they break. So from a simplicity standpoint, you need to target something like gut renovations, because if you take the average contractor and you start them off with a clean slate, they can run really fast. You're just like, hey, put up the drywall, trim out the whole house and do it the right way. Many guys can work very well at that uh, scale. Very few guys can think their way through a property of what to keep and what to uh, get rid of. And if you're not there standing right over them to make those decisions on the fly, you're going to be so inefficient in your time management that you're going to bleed out on labor. So I started to learn uh, if I wanted to scale, I needed a simple system. And there's nothing simpler than starting with the four walls. I mean, it's, it's just at that point, it's real life Legos. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. And those are the properties that most investors are afraid of anyway. So now you can buy them at a discount and then put in the crews, order all these materials at scale, get those savings, get a little warehouse and you can start to scale up your operation and save uh, at that economy of scale. So it just started to come together. And how did you get your own team at the beginning? I mean, how did you vet your contractors? How did you vet your personal assistants? How did you start to grow your team at the beginning? Failure. I mean, there's only two ways to learn. One is to go out in school of hard knocks. And what nobody tells you is it's 100 times more expensive than mentorship. So you go out and you think, oh, I'll figure it out. And then a hundred thousand dollars later, or you know, like I did, I got burned by a GC for 40, 50 grand on my first big heavy development deal. Then you start to wake up and say, I better figure this out, or I'm not gonna be in this business. So I started off, I actually assembled a crew from that failed uh, contractor. The GC ran off with money, but there were some subs around and they were good, good guys. They got had gotten burned too. 
So I assembled those subs and started to build organically around them. So to take them through deals and then you kind of iterate. Some guys kind of come and go and then you add in a new mason, a new plumber, a new electrician. And before you know it, you kind of have a team that uh, can gel and that can execute on one deal at a time. And then you start lining up more food than they can eat. It's just like if you have if you have boys for kids, you have like growing boys, like teenagers, you got to cook more food than they can eat or they're going to eat everything. So um, that's kind of the philosophy with the real estate is I always line up more deals than they can do. And then you just keep that uh, assembly line kind of flowing. So it sounds like you're you're really busy, but like you said, I'm sure you got really good systems at this point. But walk us through what does the typical day look like for you? Jeez, I, I say the the life of a developer is putting out fires all day. So you should wake up, put on your fireman hat, and just wait for the phone to ring or that alarm to to go off. But it's really you know dealing with uh, I call it like air traffic control. I'm dealing with uh, architects, engineers, permit expediters. Um, plan examiners, um, dealing with my contractors and my deals. I'm building houses for uh, some of my uh, mentees from a- across the country and even outside of the country who are tapping into U.S. real estate. So I'm managing projects uh, for others. I'm building my own uh, houses. I'm kind of just like, I'm I'm really God, family, and real estate, and in that order. Like, that's really just what I do all day. I, I will get up, I'll meditate, I'll uh, go work out, and then it's just real estate all day until I crash. So I'm always doing some facet of it. It's wake up in the morning, um, do those things, work out. I'm looking at deals, seeing what deals hit the market, um, getting out offers, coordinating with contractors, talking to clients, talking to mentees, um, putting out content on YouTube and building out the channel and doing all those things. So I just surround myself with what I love. So tell me, what, what do you think is the biggest hurdle for the average person to get into real estate? The biggest hurdle is having a blueprint. Now, unfortunately, there's 101 ways to make um, money in real estate. It's like the gift and the curse. So then it, the question becomes, well, what is the way that I should choose? And the answer is, what obstacle are you facing? Some people are starting off and they have cash, but their credit is like jacked up. So they can't qualify with the bank. And then they think, oh, well, I guess I have to wait it out. They don't know that there are creative financing strategies out there where you can invest without credit at all. Like you don't need the bank at all. Just leverage the existing debt that's already on the properties. Um, some people are in priced out markets. So they want to invest, but they don't have enough cash in California to buy a million dollar duplex. They have to learn how to invest out of town. So it's all about finding your issue, but then connecting with somebody who can plug you in and kind of sort through these issues and give you a blueprint so that you as an individual can be successful. There's a lot of like courses out there. But you really need somebody who will work with you one on one to identify your issue and then give you a blueprint to get to where you want to go. And I think that's most people's hurdle is that they don't know. They don't know enough and they haven't experienced it. So they can't choose the right path. And then they just get stuck in paralysis through analysis. Speaking in general terms, if someone wants to get into real estate for the first time, how much money do you think they need to save up? I think it's still the same answer because you can invest without cash or credit. Like you really can. You can go out and do subject to lease purchase options, sandwich lease options. Um, you, you can just do so many different creative financing strategies that you could start off with a couple grand, you know, and, and get into a deal. You could start off wholesaling. But I would say if you want to get onto the, the birth strategy side of things, the buy and hold, um, gut renovations and kind of some of these things where you can recycle capital, I would say somewhere between 
25 to 50,000. 50,000 be very comfortable. 25,000, you can get it done. Um, you would want like some credit cards. Definitely call all your credit card companies and increase those limits. But there are hard money lenders out here who give you 100% leverage, you know, 100% of the money to buy and renovate properties. So if you have the knowledge, you need less money. That, and that's the thing I say there's two things in real estate uh, money and knowledge. The less you have of one, the more you need of the other. Hmm, that's interesting. The more you have of one, the more. That's true, yeah. actually. I never thought of it that way, but it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. If you, had a, if you have half a million dollars, you can go out and just blow through a quarter million. You'll figure it out. But if you don't, you better go out and invest in your education and your knowledge because if you have half a million dollars worth of knowledge or somebody else's mistakes, which would be like mentorship, then you can start off with 20K and get the same type of uh, results and leverage. So it's really just about putting yourself in a, a winnable uh, position. A winnable position is not what I did, getting burned for 40 grand by a GC on your first deal. Most people don't survive that. Yeah, that sounds awful. I mean, out of curiosity, what was the outcome? Were you able to recover some of that in court or put lean against uh, properties? Or Yeah, there's a funny thing about court. You can, sue, you can sue anybody and you can win, but that doesn't mean you're going to collect a dime. <laughs> so you can get a judgment, but collecting on a judgment is a whole different ballgame. So no. Um, yeah, you know, we sue the guy and you, you don't you're not going to collect anything from a, a contractor. Uh, what are you going to do? Garnish their wages? They don't they work for themselves. They're not going to garnish themselves. There's not much you can do. You just have to lick your wounds and, and kind of pick up the ball and, and try to keep uh, running. But how we got saved was a community uh, lender, a guy who owned a lot of commercial real estate and started a residential uh, community lender. And he just walked in, saw the projects, believed in the mission. And in three days, he's like wiring in 160,000 into, you know, an account. Like, I believe in a mission. I'm funding the deals. So he kind of came in, um, you know, on a white horse and, and just saved the day, uh, quite frankly, with a bag of cash. And when you refer to the mission, Brian, are, are you referring to rehabbing properties in certain neighborhoods and just basically lifting up neighborhoods and, and improving them? That's exactly it. I mean, look, I don't knock what anybody does. I don't knock gentrification. I don't I don't knock any of it. Everybody's got to do um, you know, what they want to do. But part of my mission is is uh rehabbing C-class neighborhoods across the country. And it's why I focus a lot on um the neighborhoods that I do. You know, I'm I'm doing a lot of section 8. I'm doing low-income housing. I'm full gut renovating uh what some people would deem like the hood because I want to make the C-class look like the A-class neighborhoods, look like center city anywhere. But I also, you know, I stepped back and looked at my my impact. You know, I went back into my neighborhoods that I grew up in. I built over 250 houses in Philly. And then I said, how can I have more impact? Well, there are two options. One, you can go build another 250 or 1,000, or I could go out and build 250 to 1,000 developers across the country who could go into their neighborhoods and rebuild them. And I, I've chosen that path as, um, you know, continuing the mission to have more of a national impact in, uh, you know, these C-class neighborhoods across the country. Somebody's got to rebuild them and, and turn these things around. I think what you're doing is is pretty amazing. Brian, tell us a little bit more about your mentorship program. Yeah. So uh, the mentorship program, th there's kind of like two two models. One is done with you. One is done for you. So we, we do have a mentorship program, the 100 Keys Masterclass, where I work with people one on one. Uh, through a series of like, you know, Zoom calls where we'll custom game plan and strategize with you and we'll give you access to the course content that will um, show you exactly how I scaled from zero to over 300 properties, all the systems, virtual assistants, warehouse, like everything. 
Uh, but then we have a done for you model, my boots on the ground program. And that's where we just build the houses for you. So we'll find the deals, connect you with the hundred percent financing lenders. Uh, we'll rehab the properties with our in-house construction crews, guys, I built hundreds of deals with, and then we uh, have a full service uh, property uh, management and tenant placement company as well. So we can tenant section eight, uh, room rentals, co-living, short-term rentals, like we can do it all. So um, it's a really full service uh, model that we've scaled out uh, for you know investors. We got people in from Canada, um, New Zealand, um, Hawaii, Texas, LA, like people from all over the country are tapped in and we're building houses for them in Philly, the sixth largest city in America. So it's been um, highly successful. And um, I can't, unfortunately, it, it's like one of the least scalable things I do because it's like I can't build houses for everybody. So it's really an exclusive group. I try to keep it small enough so that um, there's enough deals to, to go around for everybody and everybody can do, you know, multiple deals and, and scale their operation out of town. That's amazing. So you're primarily focused on Philadelphia at this point? Yeah. And it, it's not that I can't expand it. You know, I am in discussions to expand into some of the other areas I like, like, you know, Delaware, Jersey, Baltimore, um, Cleveland. I have connections in Cleveland. I could do it in Cleveland as well. But there's there's that thing called quality control. And when I take somebody else's um, time and energy and capital and, you know, we don't own in the houses, we're, we're truly building them for you. You own 100 percent of it. But when I do that, I want to do it um, with the most battle tested systems that I have. And in Philly, it's like I've done over 250 deals there. You don't get more battle tested than uh, my Philly team. So it allows me to provide the highest quality of service. And that's important to me. I don't want to do anything um, where I can't provide a, a quality of service that I'm satisfied with and that I'm happy with. And what are your goals for, say, the next five years or 10 years? More the same. They say uh, the, the reward for good work is more work. And uh, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, you can get distracted in this real estate game, but I'm not distracted. I'm doing me. I'm doing my mission. There are other missions. I could, you know, flip houses in the in Center City with the same guys because um, we're doing the same process. But, you know, the next five to 10 years is, is just more of the same mission, scaling up, uh, building other developers, building communities and just teaching more and more people. I look back at, you know, what I've done in the last uh, few years of just, you know, mentorship and how many people I've helped. And um, I, I just I'm like, man, I got to do more. I just want to do more. So. It's just staying locked in and, and um, you know, waking up every day and putting out fi more fires and helping more people. So I, I get to live my dream. So I just want to do more of it. That's awesome. Tell yeah. us, how can people reach out to you? Tell us about your YouTube channel, et cetera. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Brian Loves Cashflow. That's easy to remember because I love cash flow. So Brian Loves Cashflow on YouTube. Um, Instagram, Brian Grimes underscore 247 CFU for the 24-7 Cashflow University. Uh, TikTok at Grimes Estate, Grimes Estate on TikTok, uh, all these and uh, LinkedIn, Brian Grimes Real Estate, all of these channels backtrack to a uh, free a website with a free training, www.workwithgrimes.com forward slash cash flow, workwithgrimes.com forward slash cash flow. It's a free real estate training. It'll show you how to acquire properties for pennies on a dollar all across the country. You don't want to miss out on that free offer. Before I let you go, I got to ask you about one story. In one of your YouTube videos, you mentioned that in high school you played with LeBron James. <laughs> but earlier on this phone call, you mentioned the name Michael Jordan. In in your in your opinion, is it Michael or LeBron? Jeez. That is so tough. I would have to say 
I'm I'm a LeBron. I'm a LeBronite is is what you would call us. So I got to go with LeBron. Um, and I'm kind of a tweener in terms of era. I mean, Jordan, nobody's fiercer than Jordan. Um, but LeBron to me is from a longevity uh, standpoint, he's just a different animal. I think even his, the, the gifts that he was blessed with physically are different. Like the, the level he's able to play at now is just different. Some of this stuff is God given. Um, is he a better scorer than Michael Jordan? No. Is he fiercer than Michael Jordan? No. You know, but as a total well-rounded player, I mean, he's incredible. As a physical specimen, he's incredible. I mean, there's just playing, you know, against him, seeing his career and being being a witness in that sense. I mean, the guy is just incredible. Um, so I got to go with LeBron and who knows how long he'll play. Maybe he'll play another five years. Who knows? You know, who knows with this guy? Brian, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. I love your story. Congratulations to your success. And maybe in the future, we'll have you on again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Money Seed Podcast. Please remember to click like and subscribe. It really helps spread the message to other investors and it helps attract new viewers to the show. We appreciate your support. Thanks very much.